Hello and welcome to episode 30 of North Point Plus. We're in the 30s. I was. You're counting. <laughs> Someone's counting. That's cool. I, like I that. could just start making up numbers at this point. Who cares at this point? Yeah. Episode 30, episode someone, 85. Someone cares. Someone out there is religiously they'll, following along. They'll call us out. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of calling out. Hey. <laughs> so in your message, we're yeah. gonna, just going to cover this right before we get to the questions. You talked yeah. about basements. Basements and, in Michigan being kind of like the upper rooms in. And what we did not realize mm. is that that's a really touchy topic for people because we've and i apologize for triggering some folks uh, apparently michigan basements are a technical thing apparently that's a proper noun with a capital m and then a capital b maybe i think so michigan basement yeah yes well, thanks for letting me know now so I know. now we know the more you know we'll have that star flag right yeah there was a, a little paragraph we got about it being uh wet and dank and terrifying to children or something like that and five feet high and made of dirt which i would wager all basements are terrifying to children. I remember being a kid, turning the lights <laughs> off in my basement and sprinting up the stairs as fast oh. as I could. Okay. So that the darkness wouldn't catch me. We didn't really have basements in California. I can't. I'm, I'm sure someone does in California. Some of them preppers out in the hills. Someone but there. <clears throat> growing up in California, yeah, no basements. So this this is new to us, and now it's also new to me that apparently there's a thing called a Michigan basement, when in reality I meant to refer to. Most basements, basements in Michigan. In Michigan. <laughs> First house we lived in in Michigan had a basement, not a Michigan basement, a but basement a basement in Michigan. In Michigan. Uh, and it ran the entire length of the house. It was tremendous. It was like a house below a house. Yeah. But there was this one section. You'd go into this room, and then you'd go into this door, and it was a smaller room, and then you'd go in through a smaller door <laughs> into a smaller room. And it was much like Alice you know, through the looking glass. Oh, yeah. It was because ter- then you got into the, I guess it's the well room. I don't know. It had a well in there and it was drippy water. It was terrifying. <laughs> and I thought the hobbits lived there, but it, I, I mean, know. they did. <clears throat> they might have at one point. The world may never know. Thanks, whoever, whoever put that out there. <laughs> thanks for the information. I feel smarter already. Great. <laughs> well, now we can get to yeah. it. This yeah. is our podcast. This hey, is our Not follow-up. just a hat holder. It's getting bigger. <laughs> it, it holds it's everything smart. in. smart. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's got to contain something. Mm. Uh, welcome to our follow-up podcast. We gather together every Sunday, and then this podcast allows us to continue the conversation about Michigan basements and other such things. Yes. <laughs> which is fun. Yeah. Uh, you guys submit questions. We attempt to work our way through them as best we can. Um so we're in the middle, kind of. Maybe we're towards the end of our series called Jesus Is. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about this in your message yesterday. We've talked about Jesus having power over death, mm-hmm. or Jesus is power over death. Jesus is worthy. Jesus is king. Uh, and now we get to Jesus is the lamb. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you talked about yesterday. Yeah. Why does Jesus want to talk to about himself as a weak old sheep? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I, that's why I talked about it. I was having some fun trying to figure that out myself. So, I mean, that you know, again, uh, if you listen to the sermon, then uh, the... The, the pieces that Jesus took on this picture that Jews would have understand, understood really, really well, a lamb that needed to be sacrificed for them, thousands of lambs over thousands of years to continue the cycle of making right-ish the relationship between them and God, but never fully right because it required constant sacrifice. In Romans and Galatians, you know, if you want to dig into this, tons of great stuff yeah. on how this played out, but Jesus then becomes the once-for-all last Lamb sacrifice. Yeah. So, uh, little little known fact, Normie. If you got that, is uh, it, it's interesting because not all cultures resonate with the imagery of a lamb. Right. The same. Right. So it worked for Jews. It works for Americans because we look at lambs as sort of, I don't know, whatever, cuddly, pure, yeah, innocent. Yeah. You know, and we're, we have an, a, an affection to them. Yep. But um, other places don't. And yeah. so as Bible translators, we might have talked about this in another podcast. I feel like we did. But Bible translators will often try to figure out what animal most closely represents 
or sure. makes that culture feel the same. Sure. So that's just interesting. And I forget which culture it is, but they use the phrase pig lamb. Huh. You know, and so Jesus is the pig lamb because that culture calls every animal a pig and then some other interesting phrase or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I read it on the internet, so it has to be true. It must be true. But yeah, so that's just fascinating. <laughs> that you know? is interesting. That would be offensive yeah. to some people, you would think. <laughs> yeah, very. But to that culture. Yeah. Fits well. Yeah. So anyways, huh. that's pointless. But there you go. Now, now your head is now not just a hat <laughs> Now holder. we're all learning. we got mm. Michigan basements and pig lambs. Pig lambs. <laughs> it's a good day. It's all good. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So we got some, we got a few questions that yeah. we wanted to work through. Yeah. Um, and so one of them is about communion. And we're talking about Jesus identifies himself as the lamb at this Last Supper. Yeah. And you spent some time going over the Passover, yeah. the significance of what Passover is. And then Jesus tells his followers, you know, do this in remembrance of me. Take the bread. Take the wine um and so that's something that christians have done for thousands of thousands years. of years yeah. now at this point uh and so someone asked the question which i thought it's appropriate it's a good question what does taking communion actually yeah. do like yeah. does it does it do anything for us yeah when i take when i take the bread and i take the wine is there something that happens yeah why do we so do that it's a great question i think it's a great question yeah. and uh it's fun because you know uh theologians have been debating this for also <laughs> thousands of years <laughs> right <laughs> so uh and it's fun because it's just you and me so now apparently we get to we make a statement that says north point says this is exactly what we think <laughs> a lot of pressure right now so uh, just to maybe round out the conversation uh some uh, uh religious leanings like our catholic brothers and sisters would say that when you take communion it literally turns turns into the body. The bread literally turns into the body, the, the physical flesh body. Yep. of Jesus, and the blood turns into the literal blood of Jesus. And so if you are if you have an experience in Catholic churches, you'll notice that's why you don't chew it, because that would be disrespectful to chew Jesus's body. Yep. But um, And it's also why you don't touch it, only the priest touch it, touches it and puts it in your mouth. So, yep. so there's a whole thing. I, I don't think that. There's yep. no reason to think that in Scripture. Uh, yep. That comes from... Uh, Catholic theology and, that, and that's yeah tradition yeah. it's fine but um but we we wouldn't necessarily say that the other side of the spectrum then would be folks who say well it does, it really is nothing more than just a symbolic act right that's it it's just, just a symbolic juice. it's ju it just, just grape old juice. bread it's just cracker or bread <laughs> yeah um, but there's nothing more to it than just the symbol right and uh, and I would say you know I'm just I'm just left of that, yeah. Because I think it's more than a symbol because Jesus makes more of it than just merely right. a symbol, right? Um, uh, but but I, nowhere near the other end of the spectrum that says it's somehow. I mean, our like our Lutheran, I grew up Lutheran. Our Lutheran yeah. brothers say that it 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 spiritually turns into the body and the blood, and I don't I don't even know how to like wrap my head around that what right. that would look like. Um, but I would say I'm right of that and left of the it's just a symbol <laughs> right. if you're thinking of a spectrum. Yep. Um, because we do see some interesting pictures. Uh, not only is it commanded by Jesus, right? So it's something that we ought to do just out of obedience if for yep. no other reason. Uh, Jesus only commands really two sacraments, which is baptism and communion. Yep. You could make an argument that he also modeled foot washing, but very few people make that argument. Yep. So um, so communion and baptism, for sure, things that we should do because out of obedience. Um, there is some uh, reality that it marks uh, us as Christ followers. It is a unique thing that only Christians do. Yep. So that's important. I think there's a unity concept in it. It, 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 it defines, it helps us uh, physically practice unity between us and Christ, but also with each other as we do that as a group. That's right. why communion ought to be done, I think, uh, in a group setting. Not that it's wrong to do it with your family or by yourself. That's fine sure. occasionally, but I think typically we want to do that with other Christ followers, with other believers, and it is certainly yep. a mark of the church. Yes. So as we think of what what constitutes a church, 
uh, communion is one of those pieces. So if you're if you're part of a group yep. that calls itself a church and doesn't practice communion at all, I think it would be that would be a question mark. Yeah. Um, I, I say that the end of the spectrum where it's just a symbol and I'm, I'm just left of that. And we get this interesting thing in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, I think 11, yep. where, where there's something going on in the church in Corinth. There's lots of problems going on in the church of Corinth. <laughs> this is one of them. Yeah, and Paul has to address some of these issues. And yep. so one issue was the issue of communion. So when that group, when that church came together... Yep. Um, now they were a little more um, at that time. Communion was more of a meal as well. Now we really just have this, you know, the bread and the juice. We kind of do it as a as a moment. Mm-hmm. But they would make a thing out of it. And so the rich people who got off work earlier would show up first. They would consume everything, including mm-hmm. the elements. And then the poor people would get there later, and there'd be nothing left for them. Mm-hmm. Rich people are getting drunk and fat because they didn't get there early. Poor people they weren't, you know, having anything, no way yeah. to participate. And Paul was ticked. He's like, this is just unacceptable. Yeah. And so he writes into that. And in the end of kind of his, his um, calling them out in a harsh way, it's yeah. pretty harsh, he says, you know, that's, uh, that's why some of you, because you're, you're taking this inappropriately, you're not even thinking about what's going on, you've not considered your heart at all. Mm. He said, that's why some of you are sick and weak and dying. Yeah. So Paul makes this claim that because you're taking communion inappropriately mm. or engaging in that process inappropriately, that there's some element of... I don't want to be careful here. God's judgment right. that's flowing down on that. Now, I, I want to be really careful. I don't. I don't think that like if you're not sure like where you're at with Jesus or yeah. you know you have sin that you haven't figured out yet that somehow if you take communion you're going to die. Lightning strike. Yeah, I don't think that's probably. I mean, God can do whatever God wants to sure. do, and I hesitate to ever say God won't because. <laughs> but um, but but just just knowing that was going on in the Church of Corinth, yeah. a problem for them at that time that Paul addressed because some of them were getting sick and weak because yeah. of their their wicked approach to this important concept. Yep. I don't know if that plays immediately into our culture, like, oh, we're also going to have the same problems. Right. But I want to say that it elevates communion and the importance yes. of it. Is that making sense? Yeah, I think that I was going to bring up the same passage in 1 Corinthians, that clearly communion is important yeah. enough to go beyond just this is a run-of-the-mill check-the-list symbol right. that we do. We just go through the motions, take the bread, take the wine. Right. There's really nothing that happens here. Right. Because it's it's important enough for God to I think Paul says like God is disciplining the church mm-hmm. because you're not taking this seriously you're not right. really understanding what's going on here you're abusing power you're not yeah. really understanding so yeah caring Im- for each other yeah. you're not thinking it's important about important enough for God to emphasize it through hey you're getting sick right and some of you are dying yeah. because of this specific thing yeah um, so which it, I think is the uh, and this is I haven't spent the time studying yeah. so I'm I'm on a on a out on a real thin limb here but <laughs> I think. This is the only thing in terms of what we think about when we practice, when we worship together, yeah. that has this depth of seriousness to it. I can't think of anywhere in the scriptures, for example, that says somebody died because they sang wrong. Yeah. Or yeah, you might be able to say like giving with Ananias and Sapphira. Yeah, fair. Yep. Okay. Like they 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 lied about their giving, and so that was important enough. Yeah. So, but again, it's it's not it's not the specific action of it. Right. It's the heart. Behind, behind it, yeah, like, absolutely. There are plenty of people that have lied about their giving or have overemphasized or have exaggerated. That is a serious thing, but they're still alive. They're still walking yeah. around. Um, yeah, because thankfully God doesn't hold. Yeah, well, that whole new covenant is <laughs> grace based. The old covenant was much yeah. more. And so, and so, as you approach communion, you know, today in our modern times, yeah. I, I would suggest that we do take it with an element of seriousness. Yeah, that we walk into that, going, "Hey, where am I right now with yeah. with Jesus? Am I good? Or is there some business that I should do? Yeah, um, do I know Jesus? And so, 
like if you don't if you're watching this and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I, I don't think communion is for you. And that's okay. Like that's yeah. not a big deal. I mean, it's a big deal, but it's not right. like, oh my gosh, everyone's gonna look at you weird because you're right. not taking communion. It's right. okay to let that pass until you come to some clarity on your relationship with Jesus. And the more important piece there would be, let's talk and let's figure right. out the relationship with Jesus because that's right. the eternal significant right, right piece. Right. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um yeah, I think the the level of importance is very important and can often be, I don't want to say overemphasized. Sure. But there's, if you look through church history, yeah. like one of the most famous splits in church history comes right. from a disagreement on communion right. with uh, Martin Luther and the other guy, the guy before John Calvin. Yeah. Whoever it was. <laughs> Zwingli. Zwingli is just, yeah. I think it was Zwingli. Maybe it was Calvin. Let's go with it. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but they were so adamantly opposed yeah. to each other's views on just communion yeah. and their specific view was i think martin luther believed that jesus was physically present sure. somehow in communion and calvin or zwingli were like that's yeah. impossible yeah and so they were like well bye we'll start another church yeah um and that would be a disagreement where we would say <laughs> yeah let's not get into stop the weeds that. on that yeah <laughs> stop that yeah, yeah, yeah the importance is that you're taking communion yeah and you can have those disagreements it's not saying you shouldn't disagree right. on it and we take it seriously, right. and we use it as an opportunity to consider what's going on in my heart and right. celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. I right. mean, that's the whole point of the commemoration of that right. that that practice, yes. is so that we're consistently reminding ourselves of what Jesus yes. did for me, which ought to cause me some kind of reaction. Right. Like, right. oh, thank you, Jesus. Don't know what you were thinking, yep. looking at a guy like me, but man, I'm so thankful of it. Yeah, so, yeah love yeah. it. Great stuff. Oh, amen. We should pray and be done. I was like, I almost started preaching again. I'm like, it's my bad. I'm sorry. All right, next question. Yeah. Uh, and this goes goes along the lines with, you know, sh- how should we take communion seriously? So we've talked about this is a really serious thing. If you're not yeah. doing it in the right way in terms of, you know, having that right relationship with God, people were getting sick, people yeah. were dying. So someone asked the question, does communion need to be taken like Jesus gave it, where you have the bread like the bread that Jesus gave? The unleavened gave? cracker? Unleavened. Yes. <laughs> and do you have actual wine? And is, the, that, is that an important piece that we're missing in communion that we don't have that specific element so you'll like my non-answer because it's gonna it's a little it's a little it's uh no i don't think that it has to be uh the exact unleavened bread made by jewish hands and some element of whatever wine looked like back in 30 a.d because i don't know what wine looked like you got some disagreement on how much alcohol content that wine had in it so i don't know but uh, but I do think there. So no, it doesn't have to be those specifics. But I do think there's a kooky end too. Sure. So if you're like taking it with milk and Cheerios, maybe Cheerios are actually close. If you're taking I it with like uh, every morning with my cereal. Yeah, with <laughs> with milk and a bucket of chicken. I don't know. There's probably some yeah. reverence that gets lost somewhere in there. Um, and so there's. I mean, I don't know that that anybody would realistically do that and think, I mean, some youth pastors probably somewhere, somewhere are doing that, that. Mountain Dew and pizza. Yeah, that's probably, I don't know, it just misses something uh, because pizza doesn't represent Jesus' body. You know what I mean? Uh, I always tell people when you, uh, I think crackers are a great way to go. I mean, I yeah. like real bread because I think that's better, but crackers are a fun way to go because uh, every cracker that's ever made has stripes on it because that's how they cook, mm. and, and then there's holes in it, and yeah. it makes us think of the Isaiah passage. Sure. It talks about, you yeah. know, by, by, by my stripes. stripes I'll be healed, yeah. by his... Uh, his wounds, or his, or yeah, pierced his pierced wounds, or yeah, transgressions. Yeah. Um, and so there's something really, again, becomes even more meaningful symbolically. Sure. Um, and again, uh, whatever the juice looks like, I think if you're taking it like with just water, which is fine. I mean, right. the whole point is what's going on in your heart. But there is something much more symbolic to right. a red right. liquid because it helps us think of blood. Whether it's grape juice or wine or whatever, I don't think that that matters. Yep. 
Yeah, I think the I think we're on the same page that there's Jewish culture especially was so focused on having these intentional visual tangible reminders mm-hmm. of something. So that's another I mean talking about what does communion do? Jesus tells us do this in remembrance of yeah, me. So right. something about this should remind you, should make you think back to what has Jesus done for me? Yeah. Can pizza and Mountain Dew do that? Maybe depending right. on the circumstances, yep. depending on what's available. Sure, that's fine. But I think there is something to again. That's the same reason with the sacrament of baptism. There's right. a reason that we baptize in water yeah. with immersion because yeah. that that physical action, just the yeah. action of it, yeah. when you remove the spiritual aspect, does something to remind us. That picture is more the old accurate. is yeah. literally down and gone. It's yeah. drowned away, and the the new is raised up. And something about having the bread and having the wine or the juice or the the Kool-Aid. We're not going to be the church that drinks the Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's something about that yeah. for us as human beings has that tangible reminder yeah. that I think is important. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I, and I don't, I think this works, at least it works in my head. We think of wedding rings. Sure. You know, we yeah. wear wedding rings if we're married. Most people do. Yeah. Um, d- can it be, does it have to be metal? You know, so I used to wear uh, a, a metal ring, and then recently my wife and I got these silicone rings because I They're love them. The best. Oh my gosh! And I don't keep bending it up when I, you know, do things with metal in my hands. <laughs> yep. Um, so can it be? So, and I know people who have tattoos. Yeah. For ring, and that's cool too. Like, so the point being, the ring is what helps us remember a commitment, a promise we yeah. made to another person. Yep. So again, in communion, I think there is something to a cracker type and a mm. red juice liquid type thing. Yeah, that that's yep. a little more. Focused. Yep. Memorable. Yep. Mindful. Good. Good. Well, if we agree, then we've spoken. North North Point. And people <laughs> should be concerned. <laughs> wow. I'm just throwing it out. Oh, yeah, it's fair. Take everything with a, some grains yeah. of salt. Um, last question. And this, I think, is a great question that I think as people read through the passage that you went through in Mark yesterday, inevitably it comes up yeah. where Judas mm. is at the table mm-hmm. with the disciples, mm-hmm. with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus tells them one of you is going to betray me. And yeah. eventually Judas is identified yeah. as the betrayer. Yeah. So why yeah. in all of that, why do, why is Judas one of the disciples? Yeah. Why is he identified as one of the betrayers and he's allowed to leave? Why don't the disciples stop him? Why yeah. doesn't Jesus stop him? This yeah. could have been so easy to avoid. Why is Judas allowed to well, walk free? <laughs> it's interesting you use the word avoid because that then will just shape my answer because yeah. Jesus didn't want to avoid yeah. what was coming. So, yeah. the, you know, Jesus uh, uh, certainly knew that he was down to the end of his life. He certainly knew that crucifixion was coming. Yep. Um, I, I would suggest he knew Judas was a traitor all along. Mm. I, that's kind of what I think. Yeah. Um, and yet that just that blows your brain a little bit because he allows Judas to still have access to him for those years. Yeah. Close, out of a, close out access. of a heart for a love for people, even mm. though knowing. And so I mean, mm. it, same Jesus today knows our stuff and yet gives us this ability to have closeness to him if we if we enter into that. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So so I don't think Jesus wanted to avoid it. The, the Judas stuff had to happen and so that there would yeah. be an arrest so that there would be a trial so yeah. there would be a crucifixion and a resurrection and the other piece of that too <laughs> is that there's just interesting prophecy that's fulfilled in that whole thing um so you know the ezra 5 isaiah 53 zechariah 11 psalm 41 you can look mm-hmm. all this up online you know i just spent a couple minutes 
going, hey, where were those again? Because yeah. uh, it's not <laughs> stuff that's on the forefront of my mind. Right. But there are interesting prophecies about um, the Messiah being mm-hmm. um, traded for 30 pieces of silver. Yeah. Uh, so that number is part of the prophecy. Uh, so there had to be a trader because that was going to come down. Yeah. That number is potentially significant in Levi- uh, Mosaic Law. Um, the Exodus, uh, I don't know what it is, 20, 21, talks about 30 pieces of silver is what it would require to pay if uh, your ox gored somebody else's servant, oh, slave. Yeah, okay. So there's some connections pieces that I think yep. keep coming back and just a reminder that Jesus was the Messiah that he said he was, mm-hmm. all these little components. And so um, so while Jesus, I think, knew what was going on, yeah. I don't know that the disciples were so clear on yeah, it. I don't think so either. Um, <laughs> certainly when when Peter leans across the table, I think, to John and says, hey, you asked Jesus who it is. I'm out. <laughs> and John uh, leans into Jesus uh, and says, hey, who is it? And Jesus says, that's ah, the guy who's going to dip bread at the same time that I do. Maybe John had an inclination because that seems like yep. a pretty clear, um, but then Judas gets up and, and leaves Yep. because uh, Jesus kind of says, hey, what you're going to do, go for it. Go do it. And uh, and 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 it uh, it's either Matthew or Luke gives, Luke gives us the detail that that the disciples just assumed since he was the treasurer he held the purse oh, yeah. that he was just going to buy more supplies or give to the poor ah Judas that guy Jesus yeah. that money guy yeah so they just didn't think a ton of it and it's it is interesting I think to 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 recognize these gospels were written after the event mm-hmm. they weren't written at the moment the event happened so they were written some years later and so they are reflecting back in and so yep. when John makes it clear that it was Judas well that's you know, some years down the road, he had clarity on the right. whole picture. Right. <laughs> in the moment, I really do see that dinner as kind of a 12 guys right. eating at the t- same time together with all yeah. that would be going on with 12 guys and the bickering and the confusion and the, I'll die for you! And the, yeah, right. oh my gosh. Right. So kind of all that stuff that plays in there. Yeah, and I think, especially when you look back, if you look through the disciples' eyes as the, they tell their own story, which again, I think I've, we've talked about this in another podcast, yeah. speaks to the validity of what they're yeah. talking about because yeah. they they keep on sharing moments where it's like, hey, we were really dumb <laughs> right here in this moment. This is a dumb thing that yeah. we did. Yeah. And all throughout the Gospels, they just misunderstand over and over and over again what Jesus yeah. is saying. They think his kingdom is a physical kingdom. They yeah. think he's coming to overthrow Rome. Yeah. He keeps saying that he's going to die, and they're like... No, you won't. We'll protect that, you. That can't be possible. Right. <laughs> he must be He must be right. mistaken. Um, and so, yeah, I think in that moment when Judas is... Jesus, Jesus and Judas are having that interaction, I think the disciples are like, Mm. Yeah. Well, and it's just, <laughs> well, I don't know. Just think proximity. It's a long table. You know, there's right. guys at the other end having their own conversation about who's more important. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, John is kind of leaning into Jesus, like, hey, who is he? He's like, ah, oh, it's, it's that guy over there. Yeah. And Jesus is like, oh, snap. Yeah, just take off. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's so. Um, yeah. So here's a freebie. This is freebie just for podcast listeners. <laughs> all right. I, didn't, I don't, things that I'm not sure of, I'm yeah. not going to really talk about on a Sunday morning because yeah. I think there's, there's, that's just good yeah. preaching. But there are some things that can be curious. And so this is free, just for podcasts, so no one else is getting this kind of cool. This yep. is just, I think it's cool because... It's an exclusive. Yeah, it's exclusive. Oh, that's what the little <laughs> splash is going to look like on the screen. There, There is a real possibility that the upper room that they met in uh, was actually Mark's parents' house. Oh. This is a thought. Yeah, yeah. It, it may not be, but like, not Mark, by the way, but like Mark the Apostle. So Mark oh. writes a gospel, but but we know Mark writes his gospel from the perspective of other people, yeah. probably Peter, because mm-hmm. um, Mark was probably just a kid when Jesus was walking around in the years that he was doing ministry. Yep. We have this uh, idea that in, I forget which, I think it is, it is in Mark, when Jesus is arrested 
and it says that one of the guards re- reaches out and yeah, grabs, grabs this kid's room. cloak and he takes off and he runs away naked, basically. That's probably Mark. Yeah. And so if you work back from that, again, theory, okay, don't don't yeah. take this to the bank, but it becomes interesting, and I think it's plausible. If that's Mark in the garden in that moment, why is he only wearing his his under robe, you know? Well, and it's possible that, um, back it up to the front side, as Jesus tells the guys to go in, find a dude carrying water, follow him to a house, and say, hey, we're going to have our Passover here. Well, that could have been Mark's house. Jesus and his crew would have been known to Mark and his parents, because Mark's kind of chasing after him like maybe a 15-year-old kid. (laughs) Like, hey, what's going on here? Kind of thing. And so then if Mark's dad lets them, hey, I have the Passover in the upper room, and then at some point if Judas slips out, and let's just say that Mark is uh, sleeping over in a corner watching what's going down, and he's like, oh, man, you know, what's happening? Well, maybe Judas slips out to bring the soldiers, to bring the officials back to the house to mm. arrest Jesus because he knows where he is. Yeah. Well, then by the end of the bread and the wine and stuff, Jesus slips out. They sing a hymn, go to the Mount of Olives. So so what if Mark had fallen asleep? What if he woke up, realized they're not there anymore, bolts out to figure out where they are to warn them, hey, I think these soldiers are coming probably because they came to the house knocking on the door saying, hey, where's Jesus? And That's those guys, and they're like, oh, I don't know, he took off. They sang and laughed and stuff. Yeah. Well, Mark would have known they were going out to the to the garden probably because right. it was a place Jesus often went to right. prayer. Are you guys still tracking with this? I don't know. Maybe you lost me at some point. <laughs> um, and so Mark, you know, just threw on whatever he had around him, ran out yeah. to warn Jesus. The huh. soldiers show up to the house. Did Jesus leave the house intentionally to not bring the family in on that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just making that up. I guess we don't have. There's no scripture for that, yeah. but it does. Man, it sounds like Jesus to me. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to bring Mark's dad and, and, and mom into this yeah. scenario, you know. So let's go out, sing a song. I want to be there anyways. I want to pray for you guys, yeah. for us in the garden. So then we get the arrest scene that happens in the garden. Maybe because Judas and the shoulder, soldiers showed up to the house first. Mm. Jesus isn't there. Judas would have also known that, you know, uh, right. Mount of Olives, Garden of Gethsemane was a place yeah. Jesus hung out. So then he tromped them over there. We got a naked Mark who, you know, ran out there in his underwear going, Jesus, one if by land, two if by sea, or however that worked. And then the soldiers show up and, you know, yeah. they grab Mark and he bolts. And I don't know if any of that is, yeah. is accurate. There's no biblical, like we can't go anywhere in the scriptures for that. Right. We're really making up a lot. Right. But there's dots there. I don't think it's crazy, and it doesn't matter in the scheme of of like eternity and salvation. Not at all. But to me, it is interesting that that's a possibility. There was some connection with that upper room, and and uh, and it also explains potentially if that's the upper room that they were in. Come Acts one, still just trying to wait for Jesus to return on power. We're not really sure. (laughs) That makes some sense if Mark's dad's like, "Yeah, be here as long as you guys need to." Like we get that. Huh? I don't know. That's great. That's really good. That's free. Thanks for the freebie. Because we can't prove it. So, you know, I don't know. But again, grains of salt. Take it with some grains. Yeah. But it's interesting. Yeah. For sure. Awesome. Well, that's the last question. Yeah. Is there, a, is there anything else you wanted to, to leave people with, with Jesus is the lamb? No, just that concept. Just that exclusive. Yeah. You heard that's it here. It. You heard it here first. <laughs> I stole it from someone else. That's not my own theory. So, no, made up on the spot. Yep. Nope. <laughs> that's all I got. Good stuff. Well, thanks uh, for your questions. Thanks for submitting questions. Uh, be sure to continue the conversation, like the video, share the video, keep comments going. We love having conversations with you guys. Um, and yeah, Chris, thanks for your time. Yeah, sure. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you guys next week.